وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ هَادُوا And upon those people who became Jews, حَرَّمْنَا We forbade, we prohibited. مَا ذَاتْ وِجْ قَصَصْنَا عَلَيْكَ We have narrated to you. مِنْ قَبْلُ before. Meaning already we have been informed in the Qur'an about the foods which were made unlawful for the Jews. Like what? What was made unlawful for them? Good. So uncloven hoof. Right? Animal with uncloven hoof. So for example, a camel. Okay? Likewise, from an animal that was slaughtered, fat, for instance, was not lawful for them. Right? And we have learned about that earlier. And obviously this would make it so difficult for them. And even today, the Jews who actually follow the religion properly, or according to the book, their dietary restrictions are at an extreme Literally, separate utensils and ingredients have to be separated. Just because a particular food was with a particular food, it's not lawful for them anymore. Even refrigerators have to be separated sometimes. Why was it so difficult for them? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala impose so many restrictions on them? Allah says, وَمَا ظُلَمْنَاهُمْ We did not do ظُلْمُ on them by making these things unlawful. وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ But they were wronging themselves. How? The thing is that in the name of piety, many people start making lawful things unlawful for themselves in the name of righteousness. And what happens is that they will make it unlawful, but then what will happen to the future generations? They will not know whether this food is unlawful according to the law or what's the origin of this prohibition. Right? And when a person makes something lawful, unlawful upon himself, what is he doing basically? He's being ungrateful. That Allah has given him something to enjoy, something to use. And he's saying, no, no, I'm not going to have it. Right? So this is also ingratitude. And why do people do this? Making lawful, unlawful for themselves. In the name of piety. Right? And why is it that in order to be more pious, in order to be extra pious, they you know, impose so many restrictions upon themselves. Because they're guilty somewhere else. They know they are falling short somewhere else. So they want to make up for that. How? By appearing all righteous. And how do you appear all righteous? When you leave that which is lawful. Like for example, many people, they will not pay much attention to actually learning the deen, learning the Qur'an, learning the fiqh studying the book of Allah. They will not pay much attention to it. As soon as they consider themselves to be religious, that doesn't mean studying the deen. That means haram, 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 haram. Everything haram. You see, why is it that people go to extremes? Extremes. From no religiosity to such an extreme that everything is kufr and everything is haram. And everybody is kafir. And every shaykh is refuted. Why? Why such an extreme as if you are like a walking prophet? That you have the authority to label anything and everything with whatever you want. Why is such an extreme? Because something is missing inside. The person is hollow and empty inside. Because if there was true fear of Allah, true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, true hope in Allah, then a person would never go to such an extreme. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not teach extremism. In fact, he warned us against extremism. The Prophet ﷺ warned 
You know, once a man came and he was very rude to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And the Prophet ﷺ warned the Sahaba that from this man's children will come people who will be such and such and such and such. He described them. And later on, after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, a group formed, and that group was known as the Khawarij. Why? Because they were the first ones to exit Islam. Kharaja, right? But they did not consider themselves to have left Islam. They actually said about everybody else that they had left Islam. They said about the Sahaba, that the Sahaba had committed kufr. They said things like, we're going to battle against the companions, and which one of you is going to take Aisha anha as a slave, as a war captive? Yes, they are the ones who said such things. Labeling Muslims as kuffar. Saying things like, if you eat something haram, if you commit something haram, you have left the fold of Islam. Who did this? The Jews did this. Extremism. Extremism. So selfish that you don't care about others. So arrogant in their religiosity, apparent religiosity, that in the name of religion, for the sake of their religious festivals, they will kill others like ants are crushed. They will humiliate others and not care about others. And this kind of extremism, unfortunately, is found in many Muslims also. If we follow the religion correctly, correctly, we would not be such extremists. When the religion is missing from the heart, when the heart is empty, it's hollow, then you have to wear a cloak of piety. And what do you do? You start judging everybody, and you start labeling everybody. Go ahead. Of course it shows lack of knowledge. I mean... Arrogance despite ignorance. Because the Khawarij, I mean, companions, they went and explained to them that this is not correct. Some of them they listen, but the rest of them they're like, no, no, we know better. Yes, we know that you believe in the Prophet ﷺ and you saw him and you spent so many years with him, but you know what? We know better than you. Arrogance despite ignorance. Because True knowledge humbles a person. When a person seeks knowledge for the purpose of amal, for the purpose of implementation in order to improve himself, that knowledge kasarahu, it breaks him. Meaning it humbles him. He becomes humble. And when a person seeks knowledge for something else, then he only becomes arrogant. So the Yahud... What happened? They made so many lawful things unlawful in themselves in the name of piety, in the name of religion. And what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He actually made lawful things unlawful upon them. He actually deprived them of good things. Allah gave them good things and said, no, 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 we're too religious for this. We're too good for this. We're not going to eat it, we're not going to use it. We're going to keep away from it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also deprive them of those good things. And this is a very, very important lesson that we need to learn. When Allah gives us something, take it happily. Do shukr. Like when Ayyub salam he was cured. He was healed. And locusts of gold fell down on him. Imagine. What did he start doing? He began collecting them, picking up. And any person who would see that, they would wonder how greedy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Ayyub that have I not made you ghani? Meaning you still like these things? 
Ayyub said, how can I ever have enough of your blessings? Meaning, these gold locusts are important to me because they're coming from you. They're coming from you. You are giving them to me. You are sending them my way. So I will take them happily. So when Allah gives us a blessing, take it happily. Use it like the Prophet ﷺ did. Take it happily, use it, share it with others, give in sadaqah, but don't refuse it arrogantly. Because if you refuse it arrogantly, with whatever reasoning and explanation and logic, you're doing lulm on yourself. And then Allah will also deprive you of those good things. ثُمَّ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Then indeed your Lord, لِلَّذِينَ عَمِلُوا السُّوءَ For those people who committed evil, بِجَهَالَةٍ Out of ignorance. Now these evil things happened out of ignorance. That we think that, you know, if I want to be all righteous, then I'm just going to stop eating meat. And I'm going to stop, you know, eating sweet stuff. And I'm going to leave, you know, this good thing and that good thing because I want to become righteous and religious. Like unfortunately it happens with many women that once they start wearing hijab, then they forget about everything. Everything as in good shoes and good clothes and at least wearing makeup and nice things in front of your husband if anyone. But they leave everything. Keep away from it. Abstain it. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not forbidden you from zina. He has just forbidden you from showing that to non-mahram. Right? So keeping away from these things, depriving yourself of lawful things is a form of ingratitude. So anyway, if this happens out of ignorance, that a person goes to an extreme, bijahalatin, out of ignorance, ثُمَّ تَابُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ Then they repent after that. Do tawbah. That, Ya Allah, I'm sorry, I was ungrateful for your blessings. I will use them. I accept them. I will enjoy them. I will not make halal into haram. And also the opposite, that I will not make haram into halal. This is also suit, right? This is also wrong. So any kind of wrong that has happened, if they do that, but then they repent after that, وَأَصْلَحُوا After tawbah is also islah, make amends. That if haram was being consumed, now change that into halal. Replace that with halal. أَصْلَحُوا they do islah. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ مِنْ بَعْدِهَا لَغَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then indeed your Lord after that is surely forgiving and merciful. Then Allah gives us the example of Ibrahim salam, who was really the righteous of all people of his time. Wasn't he? He was the one who was most obedient. And he was also someone who was very grateful. إِنَّ Ibrahim, Indeed Ibrahim كَانَ أُمَّةٌ He was like an ummah. He was an ummah. What is an ummah? Hmm? A nation, a community. Now notice, one man is being called an ummah. An entire nation on one hand, and one man on the other. And this man is equal to that nation. How? In what way? In what way? How was he an ummah? Because he did the work of an ummah. He did what an entire nation together would accomplish. As one man, he accomplished so much that an entire nation together would manage to accomplish. As one individual, he possessed so many good qualities that you would find in an entire group of people. You know, for example, one individual you find them, yeah, they pray, yes, they fast, yes, they're patient, yes, they smile, yes, they're forgiving. 
but when it comes to such and such, no, they're not that strong at it. They're not that good at it. Then you look at another person and they have one good quality after another, but then again you see, yeah, they lack in this, they lack in this. So then when you have a whole group of people together, one person has one skill, another person has another skill, another person has another skill. Then together as a team, they have every skill that is needed. Ibrahim salam alone as an individual, he possessed all the good qualities that a good servant should have. That a righteous slave should have. Kana ummah. He was an ummah. In his obedience, in his services, in his accomplishments, in his worship, he was parallel to an entire nation. He achieved what a nation would achieve. And today he is remembered like a nation is remembered. He was a nation in one. A community in one. It's amazing. You know, sometimes there are certain people, they go so far in their life. They accomplish so much. They do so much in their life. And on the other hand, you have an entire group of people. And together even, they don't accomplish half as much as what that one man accomplished. Ibrahim is that one man who accomplished more than a nation. And also if you think about it, Ibrahim he established two nations. Right? He established two centers, two main centers of worship. On the one hand, Mecca, through his son Ismail, and on the other hand, Jerusalem, Palestine. Right? Through his other son. So, Kana Ummah, he was an Ummah. The word Ummah means nation, but it also means a leader. A model leader. Meaning a leader that must be taken as an example, whose ways must be emulated. Ibrahim was an ummah, meaning a model leader. He comprised in his character, in his personality, all the good traits of a leader. Someone worthy of being followed. So for us, the example is who? Ibrahim Not some so-called righteous saint, not some so-called righteous person. No, for us, the example is Ibrahim a.s. Who was he? How was he? Firstly, qanitan lillah. He was obedient to Allah. Devoutly obedient to Allah. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, he did it. Whatever Allah told him, he did it. If qala lahu rabbuhu aslim, qala aslamtu. I have surrendered. He obeyed. He did it. And this is something that we need to develop in ourselves also. You know, like we learned earlier, eat. Why? Because Allah is telling us. What do we think righteousness is? Don't eat. That is not qunut. Qunut is what? Continuous obedience. With humility. You see, the Prophet ﷺ once when he was traveling and he was fasting and the companions were also fasting and he realized that the fast was becoming very difficult for everybody. So he got up you know, somewhere high and he basically in front of everybody broke his fast. Why did he do that? So that everybody would follow him and everybody would also break their fast. Because a person is allowed to do that. 
When they're traveling, it gets difficult, you can break your fast. So the Prophet ﷺ did that. Now certain companions, okay, very young and overzealous, they said, no, no, we're not going to. And when the Prophet ﷺ found out, was he happy? That, oh wow, they're so strong. You know, they have some quwa imaniya, which is why they can fast even though someone like the Prophet ﷺ cannot fast. Did he appreciate them? No, he was upset with them. And what did he say? Those are the disobedient. Those are the disobedient. Ibrahim salam was qanit. Whatever Allah told him, he did it. Allah tells us to eat, we should eat. Allah tells us don't eat, don't eat. Allah tells us get married, get married. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to enjoy something, enjoy it. This was the way of Ibrahim salam. Hanifa. Unswerving. Who is Hanif? Someone who leaves everything, everybody, avoids all shirk, avoids every idol, whether it's American idol or Canadian idol or whatever. Okay? Idol, he avoids it and he's focused on Allah Jalla Jalalu. That I am on my way to Allah and I want to please Allah. Yes, there are so many distractions, so many people coming in the way, distracting me, pulling me, enticing me, but I'm going to avoid everyone and keep running. To my Lord, Hanifa. Because this is what happens in life, right? There are so many beautiful things that come in our way. So many tempting, enticing things that come in our way. And we wish to follow them. We wish to serve them. We wish to go after them. No, Ibrahim was Hanif. And he was not of those who associated partners with Allah. Shakiran. Grateful li anumi for his blessings. Anum plural of nirma. Whose blessings? The blessings of Allah upon him. He was grateful. Think about it. Ibrahim salam, despite being a prophet, despite being, I mean, so righteous. Yet, what did he ask Allah subhanahu wa taala for? Children. He asked Allah for children, and Allah subhanahu wa taala gave him children. Children are what? Al malu wal banuna. Zinatul Hayat dunya We think a righteous person should not have a family, should not make dua for money, should not strive to make money, should not strive to have children, should not strive to enjoy you know, a good life. This is not piety. What is piety? That the good things, you ask Allah for them. And when you get them, be grateful. Because one is a person who's got nothing. Okay, he's got nothing. He's got no money. Can he give sadaqah? Can he spend on his relatives? Can he spend on himself so he can travel for hajj? Can he spend on himself so that he can travel in order to seek knowledge? Can he spend on himself so that he can travel and meet his relatives and do silatul rahim? No. And there's another person who has money. And who's using that money in the right way? Which one is better? Which one is better? The one who's got the blessings, he's grateful for them, and he's using them in order to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shakiran li an'umi. Notice how earlier we learned about his characteristic, he was Hanif. And who is Hanif? Someone who doesn't get distracted by what comes their way. You understand? You know, it's like uh, you're driving, and there's a car parked on the side. What do you do? No, I have to go straight on the road. And I don't care if I bump into this car. Is that what you do? What do you do? You will move to the side, avoid the car. Right? 
And in life, this is what we have to do. There are many blessings that come our way, many good things that come our way. Yes, we accept them, we use them, we are happy for them, we are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them, but we will not begin to worship them. We're not going to worship them. We're going to be grateful, we're going to use them, and we're not going to get lost in them, rather we're going to continue our journey to Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ijtabahu, He chose him, who? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Why? Because of all of these amazing, beautiful qualities. وَهَدَاهُ إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ And he guided him to the right way. Because of these qualities, Ibrahim alayhi salam was chosen, he was given prophethood, he was made imam. Allah told him, إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ imama. And Allah guided him to the right way. So if we want to be guided to the right way, then what do we need to do? What do we need to do? First of all, do something with your life. Don't sit like a rotting potato. Okay? Literally. Do something in your life. Ibrahim was an ummah. What are we doing? What legacy are we leaving behind? What impact are we having on our society? Secondly, qanit. The quality of qunut. Thirdly, hanif. He was hanif. Fourth, lam yakum min al-mushrikeen. Fifth, shakiran li-an'umi. Then, Allah will choose a servant and guide him to the right way. وَآتَيْنَاهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً And we gave him in this world a good reward. Was he given a good reward in this world? Ibrahim a.s. Yes. He was made the imam, so even today people remember him and they take him as an example and all the major religions of the world speak very highly of him. Right? So Allah gave him his reward in the dunya. What about during his life? Was he given some reward? in the form of righteous children. One son, Halim. The other son, Alim. Ghulam in Halim, Ghulam in Alim. And aren't these the qualities that parents want in their children? My child should have the knowledge of the deen. My child should be patient and tolerant and bold enough and confident enough to go far in life. Allah gave Ibrahim reward in dunya. Because it is not possible that you... Leave something for the sake of Allah. You do something for the sake of Allah. And Allah will not reward you. Now, Allah is ash-shakur. He is very, very appreciative. You take one step to Him, and He will take ten towards you. وَآتَيْنَاهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَإِنَّهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ لَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And indeed, He will be in the hereafter from among the righteous. Meaning in the company of the righteous. Because He was a righteous person Himself, right? So like would like. Ibrahim salam was righteous in this dunya. Allah will keep him in the company of the righteous in the akhirah. ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ Then we have revealed to you the addresses to who? Muhammad wasallam. We have inspired to you, we have commanded you on that ittabi' you should follow مِلَّةَ Ibrahim, The way of Ibrahim. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is being told to follow who? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the last prophet, the seal of all prophets, Imamul Anbiya. Because when he went for Isra, he was the Imam, right? And every other prophet prayed behind him. He was the Imam. But he is being told to follow who? Ibrahim alayhi salam. Then what does it mean for us? Who should we follow? Who should we follow? Who is an example for us? 
Ibrahim السلام, Remember, for us, our leaders are who? The prophets of Allah. They are the ones whom we follow. They are the ones whom we emulate. Exactly. Earlier we learned that if you love Allah, follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Here we learn Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is being told, follow Ibrahim alayhi salam. So if we love Allah and we want Allah to love us, who do we have to follow? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And by extension, we also have to follow Ibrahim alayhi salam. He is an example for us. So get inspiration from who? The example of the prophets. And the example of those who follow the prophets. The way of the prophets is clear in the Qur'an. They did not dance in their love for Allah. They did not refute other people. You know, calling others kafir, kafir, kafir all the time. In their adherence to the religion of Allah. These are all forms of extremism. And let's avoid them. For us, our examples, our leaders are the prophets of Allah. Follow the millah of Ibrahim. He was Hanif. وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ He was not of those who did shirk. Look at the emphasis on tawheed over here. That Ibrahim السلام, truly believed in the oneness of Allah. And you know what that means? When you truly believe in the oneness of Allah? That when you have a need, when you have anything, you go directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't go to the grave of someone and request them to call upon Allah. You don't make the Prophet ﷺ a wasila that, Oh Allah, accept my dua through the wasila of the Prophet ﷺ. This is what the mushrikeen used to do. That we are so sinful, we're so bad, we're not going to be hurt, so Oh Allah, please listen to us, you know, through the barakah of these idols. Through the barakah of this righteous soul and that righteous person. No. If a person thinks like this, you know who he is doing injustice to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did you think about Allah? That Allah will not care about you? That He will not show mercy to you? That He will not listen to you? What do you think about Allah? What kind of wrong understanding this is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That you don't go directly to Him, rather you go to Him through others. This is not right. This is injustice. You know, Ibrahim salam, when he spoke to his people, when they were worshipping idols, he said, فَمَا ظَنُّكُمْ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ What did you think about the Lord of the worlds that you had to make these idols? You think He doesn't care about you? He will not listen to you? Who has provided you all this time? Why do you have to worship an idol? So Ibrahim salam, he was firm upon Tawheed. And the same lesson is for us. إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ sabtu. Indeed, the Sabbath was only appointed. Notice the word ju'ila. Meaning it was forced on, it was appointed, it was enforced with its restrictions and its difficulties. Ala upon alladina, those ikhtalafu fihi, those who differed concerning it. Sabd, Sabbath, Saturday, which is considered a day of worship. By who? By the Yahud. Is it easy or is it difficult? Difficult. Right? So much so that difficulties are created for others also because of their Sabbath. Difficulties on them but also on others. So anyway, when you learn about Sabbath and its restrictions, you wonder why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them such strict rulings? It's a little too difficult that Saturday you don't fish at all. 
like those people, that qariya, they were not allowed to do any any form of fishing, right? So you wonder why so difficult? Allah tells us why. Because they were who? الَّذِينَ اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ They differed concerning it. We learn from Sahih Bukhari that the Prophet ﷺ said that we are the last nation but will be the first on the Day of Judgment in spite of the fact that others were given the book before us, meaning first to enter Jannah. This was the day, meaning Friday was the day which was made obligatory for them. But they disagreed about it. And Allah has guided us to it and the other people follow us. The Jews have tomorrow and the Christians the day after. So what do we learn from this hadith? That for every nation, meaning whenever a prophet came, he taught that the people should gather together one day for communal worship. Worship together. One day of the week. So this day was supposed to be which day? The day of Friday. Jumu'ah is from what? Jamr. At the Jamr. Gathering together, coming together. So one is that you worship you know, by yourself, and the other is that you come together and worship together. And when you come together to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's many more benefits. This is why Maryam was told, irka'i, and bow down with those who bow down. Right? The Bani Israel were also told, warka'u, ma'arraqirin. So anyway, their Prophet told them that Friday is when you're supposed to come together to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Jews said, no, no, we don't want Friday. They differed with their prophet. They said, no, no, we don't want Friday. Why? Different explanations have been given as to why they did not Friday. They said, you know what? We want Saturday. Saturday is better for us. It's ideal for us. So, they were told, okay, worship Allah on Saturday. And because you disputed with your messenger, now here are all these extra restrictions. This is just like how they were told, slaughter a cow. What did they do? Yeah, okay, we'll just go get a cow and slaughter it? No. Question after question, an indirect objection, right? Mocking at the messenger. So when they did that, the command was made even more difficult for them. So in the matter of Sabbath also, the Sabbath was made even more strict and difficult upon them. وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَيَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And indeed your Lord will surely judge between them on the day of judgment فِيمَا كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ Concerning that which they used to differ in. Meaning all these differences that they have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resolve them on the day of judgment. So this means that today you can never resolve them. أُدْعُوا إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ But you still have to call people to the haqq. So Allah tells us, Udru, call, ila sabili rabbik, to the way of your Lord. Meaning, call people to Islam. Call people to the worship of Allah alone. Call people to the way of tawheed, to the way of servitude to Allah alone. Sabili rabbik. But how should you call them? How should you call them? Just go to a random person and say, you know, when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you're committing shirk and you're going to go to hell and burn there forever and ever and ever. So you better not say that God has a son. What evidence do you have and what proof do you have? No. Don't call in that way. How should you call? Read the ayah. Bil hikmah. With wisdom. With wisdom. And what is wisdom? What is hikmah? To place something where it belongs. To do something when it is appropriate. How it is appropriate. To do something in the best way. 
at the right time, in the right way, in the right amount. In the right amount also. This is hikmah. The other day I was at home and two ladies came, knocked at the door. Anyway, I opened the door and she's like, lovely day, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it is a nice day. And uh, she's like, well, I just want to share something with you. I won't take much of your time. And she basically had a Bible with her, which she had opened up, and her friend also had opened up the Bible. So I just want to share one verse with you. She's like, you know all these problems that, that exist in the world, so much violence and so much disease. And then you wonder, is this ever going to be over? And is there any way out of this? And so I just wanted to share this verse with you. And she opened up the Bible and she just read one verse that said something about the kingdom of God through Jesus and Basically, of how the fruit and the produce and, you know, will be so good and there will be so much peace in the world. So she's like, you know, this kingdom, it's the kingdom of God is coming. I'm like, yeah, that will come after the return of Jesus. Because in hadith, that's what we learned, that when Isa will come and the Juj and Ma'juj finished, you know, rain will come, it will fall and clean the earth and the earth will become like clean glass, literally. Like so clean. And then the following years will be, you know, amazing. That's so much food and purity, there will be no nifaq, no kufr, just for a few years. So I'm like, yeah, I know that already. I believe in that already. And she's like, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. And before I could say anything, bye. She didn't give me a chance to speak. But she just left instantly. But I was just reflecting on it. She used some hikmah. Right? In the sense that she didn't talk about something over which I differed with her. That is a point of contention, right? Something that everybody wants. Peace, happiness, love. That's what everybody wants in life. So that's the point that she picked. She didn't take much time, just literally less than two minutes. If I'm not mistaken, it was probably just a minute. She didn't take long at all. This is hikmah. The right amount of dose, okay? In the right way, at the right time. Bil hikmah. This is something that we should be doing. But unfortunately, we've forgotten it. Bil hikmah, call to your Lord with wisdom. Did the Prophet ﷺ call people with wisdom? Of course. Of course. You remember how when he was expelled from Ta'if, and how he took shelter in this garden, and that man came, the Christian slave, with some food for the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ said, Bismillah. He could have said it silently. Right? But he said, Bismillah, out loud. So that man, he heard the words. And he's like, what are you saying? I've never heard anybody say this before. I mean, this is so unique. And then what happened? He told the Prophet ﷺ about where he was from. And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, you are from the land of Yunus ibn Matta. Right? He's like, you know him? Yeah, I know Yunus, my brother. He was also a prophet and I'm also a prophet. You are a prophet. And instantly he believed. But see how the Prophet ﷺ convinced him? How he won his heart? Bil hikmah. And also use good advice. Mawa'idha is advice that is effective. That is actually going to affect the other. Why will it be effective? Because of its style and its content. It's said in the right way and the content is also appropriate. So mawa'idatil hasana, good instruction, effective style, effective content. And then sometimes there's also a need to argue. 
Because many times these conversations turn hostile. You are talking to a person very calmly and they become aggressive. So when there is a point of jidal, Allah says, وَجَادِلْهُمْ And argue with them, بِالَّتِهِ أَحْسَنْ In a way that is excellent. Don't lose your manners when you're arguing with people in the name of religion. Best way of argument. Again, manner should be good. Style should be good. وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِهِ أَحْسَنْ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Indeed your Lord, هُوَ أَعْلَمُ He is most knowing. بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Of the one who is astray from his way. Meaning he knows who is misguided. So don't judge others, just do your job. Because whenever we speak to somebody about Islam, whether it's a Muslim or a non-Muslim, what do we do? We jump to conclusions. Right? We make judgments. Oh, this person, مُبْتَدِرْ And yeah, yeah, that term which I heard in that class, yeah, it fits them best. No, that's not your job. What's your job? Convey, not judge. Allah knows who is guided and who is misguided. Do your job. Your job of conveying. هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ And He is most knowing of who is rightly guided. And also it happens that when you're talking to somebody and you're telling them about Islam, they believe firmly that they are upon the truth. And you kind of become shaky about yourself. That if they're so firm in their belief, they must be believing in something right. So you start doubting yourself. No. Allah knows who is right and who is wrong. And in the Qur'an, He has mentioned which way is the way of the guided people and which way is the way of misguided people. وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ And if you were to take revenge. عَاقَبْتُمْ from عِقَاب Punishment. Meaning if you were to punish an enemy. Because sometimes it happens that it begins with da'wah, but it turns violent. Like the Prophet ﷺ, he was doing da'wah, but the mushrikeen became violent against him. So if you are in a situation where you have to punish the other, because they have wronged you, then فَعَاقِبُوا Then punish بِمِثْلِ مَا عُقِبْتُمْ بِهِ with an equivalent of that with which you were harmed. Meaning, don't do more than what was done to you. Don't do more than what was done to you. Stay within limits. Because sometimes it happens that you're talking to someone and they become very aggressive. And they start using harsh words. So you can use similar harsh words in retaliation. You can. However, don't go on cursing them and their mother and their sister and their father and their entire tribe and their entire nation. Don't do that. It should only be بِمِثْلِ مَا عُقِبْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَا إِن صَبَرْتُمْ But the da'i, if you are patient, لَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لِلصَّابِرِينَ Then that is better for those who are patient. Sabr is better for those who are patient. Why? Why is sabr better? Because that is how you win the hearts of people. When you forgive their wrong. When you are patient, even though they're trying to get you to be angry. You're patient. You're calm. Because you know, sometimes literally a person will disagree with us just to see what we do. How do we react? They just want to get some reaction out of us. And sometimes children also do that. Sometimes your brothers, your sisters will do that. Your family members will do that. So just be patient. If you're patient, لَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لِلصَّابِرِينَ وَاصْبِرْ وَمَا صَبْرُكَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ Be patient and your patience is not except through Allah. Meaning with His tawfiq. If He gives you the ability. With His help. وَلَا تَحْزَنْ عَلَيْهِمْ And do not grieve over them. Over who? Those who turn away. 
those who don't listen despite you calling them despite the fact that you've told them over and over again you've used convincing arguments you've used you know clear proofs from the quran you've tried your best to use as much wisdom as you possibly have but the other person doesn't seem to listen la tahzan alayhim wala taku fi dhayqin and do not be in any distress mimma yamkurun over what they conspire because it happens when somebody doesn't listen to you they become hostile and then you have this fear what if they go and spread these things about me and say wrong things about me and start plotting to harm me forget it leave them leave their matter to allah wala taku fi dhayqin mimma yamkurun dhayq is narrowness this distress depression because in allah indeed allah Ma'a, he is with Alladina Taqaw, those who have taqwa, Walladina hum muhsinun, and those who do ihsan. Allah is with those who have taqwa and those who do ihsan. So don't you want Allah to be with you? Don't you want Allah to help you? So if you want Allah to help you in whatever you are doing, have taqwa. Do it with His fear. And do it with ihsan. Even when you're talking and dealing with others, do it with ihsan. Because then Allah's help will be with you. Recitation. وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ هَادُوا حَرَّمْنَا مَا قَصَصْنَا عَلَيْكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ وَمَا ظَلَمْنَاهُمْ وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لِلَّذِينَ عَمِلُوا السُّوءَ بِجَهَالَةٍ ثُمَّ تَابُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ وَأَصْلَحُوا إِنَّ رَبَّكَ مِنْ بَعْدِهَا لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ إِبْرَاهِيمَ كَانَ أُمَّةً قَانِتًا لِلَّهِ حَنِيفًا وَلَمْ يَكُنْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ شَاكِرًا لِأَنْعُمِهِ اجْتَبَاهُ وَهَدَاهُ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ وَآتَيْنَاهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَإِنَّهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ لَمِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ أَنِ اتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ السَّبْتُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَيَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِيمَا كَانُوا فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ أُدْعُ إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمَوْعِظَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا عُوقِبْتُمْ بِهِ 